1: Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the
2: Eagle Hour.
0: Let's go Tuesday afternoon on the Eagle Hour. Glad to have you joining us wherever you are across the state of Mississippi or around the world on demand. Appreciate you joining us, a beautiful day in South Mississippi. Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander, Michael Murgins in Hattiesburg. Golden Eagles, men Golden Eagle basketball team pick up a 74-54 victory over Loyola of New Orleans yesterday. We'll break that down with Heath Hinton. A little later in the program, coming up in just a moment, Jackson State women's basketball coach Tamika Reed, a former Southern Miss Golden Eagle. She'll join us in just a second, but first tell you, First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, located at 50 Cross Creek Parkway in Hattiesburg, right next to Turtle Creek Mall. Time's ticking down in 2020 if you got a New Year's gig, uh, maybe some football you're watching, maybe the college football playoff. Get those orders in. Dickies would love to cater your next uh, event. And, of course, you can always go by and see them in person. The hometown team, again, in Hattiesburg, at 50 Cross Creek Parkway. If you need to call them and put in that cater in order, 601-450-1710. Happy to have on the phone with us now the women's basketball coach, head coach for the Jackson State Tigers, Tamika Reed. And coach, we know y'all are in the middle of the season. We really appreciate you carving out a little time this afternoon and reminiscing with us on the Eagle Hour.
3: Absolutely. Thank y'all so much for having me.
0: What really stood out uh, to me, I was, I was in your third year at, at Jackson State. And, uh, you're a winner. Uh, came over from Hines and won 47 games there in three years. But Southern Miss, uh, you started your career there and helped the Golden Eagles, the, your your very first year, uh, to a women's NIT berth. How did you end up at at Southern Miss, Coach? Well,
3: um, when I was Playing basketball, uh, Southern Miss K. James, she actually recruited me and she signed me, and, and right when I signed with Southern Miss, K. James retired, uh, and I was, you know, afforded the opportunity to play under Coach Reeves when he came in. But Southern Miss, when I first went there for my visit, I went there for camp, I I got a deep love for that campus, for the fans, um for everything about Southern Miss, I just fell in love with it, and I knew as a player that one day I would want to come back to be a coach. And so um, I kept in touch with Jolie McNillis and you know we talked all the time, just off the record, when I was coaching basketball at the University of Louisiana Lafayette. And when she got the opportunity, she brought me over, and you know it was just my dream come true. It was actually actually my dream job to coach there at Southern Miss. So. Um, I love it. I love everything about it. We had a great time.
0: Pretty cool statistic. You're only one of 12 former Golden Eagle players that uh, have served as a coach on the Lady Eagle staff. That that's, that's pretty impressive. Go back to Kay James for a minute. Was well, she as uh, uh, intense in recruiting uh, Coach Reed as she was on the court?
3: <laughs> she she definitely was. Co- coach James had a lot of energy. Uh, she was just an amazing lady. Uh, obviously, when I when I got to her, she was in her ending of a career, um, but she still had that fire. She still had that enthusiasm. You know, you just thought she had so much more left in her. Um, but she definitely had a lot of energy um, and a lot of knowledge and a lot of love for the game. And so she definitely put that on everybody that she talked to and worked with. Uh, it, it was an exciting opportunity to be recruited by her. And a person of her wealth in what she knows about the game of basketball.
0: Talking to uh, Jackson State head women's basketball coach Tamika Reed, former uh, basketball player um, at Southern Miss. Uh, those three years that you came back, how, how different was it, coach? Uh, you know, everybody that, that plays makes the transition to whatever they're doing in life. You came back as an assistant coach under Joy Malie, who we should say, uh, pretty intense herself. Was it, what was it? Was it a, a, a great feeling coming back? I mean, how different was it as a player when you came back as a coach?
3: Um, you know, As a player and as a coach, the excitement was still there. We just had a great fan base. We had really, really good, solid, consistent, loyal supporters. And when I came back as a coach, we still had some of those same people a part of our women's basketball program. So it just made it that much more exciting, and it just created that family atmosphere and environment for the program, for the coaches, and for the players. Um, so, you know, it was just it was an easy transition. I mean, you know, down south, real homie, a lot of love. Um, you know, uh, 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 the fan support is just amazing. So it was a, a, a pretty easy transition to come back as a coach and to work under Jolie McNillis, who's, again, a coach with a lot of energy, um, a lot of knowledge. You know, a lot of what I do now, I learn a lot from her you know with my time with her as an assistant coach, so I mean it was just it was awesome to be there for those three years.
0: Kelly Sander, I'm guessing Coach Reed maybe uh maybe a little intense also with Kay James <laughs> and Joy leaving dallas. that's some mentors
1: <laughs> and and I can't help but think the my the first question that comes to me, coach Reed, to ask you is what's it going to be like sitting in the same room with neon Dion Sanders as another coach there at Jackson State?
3: Oh my goodness guys, it's amazing. we talk a lot um when he first took the job we sat and had lunch and i mean we get together all the time and just pick each other's brains and he's so knowledgeable um Jesse's experience as a a player um and people don't understand this this is his first coaching job as a head coach but he's so extremely knowledgeable and knows how to um you know manage and and you know you get everything out to his staff and his, you know, his setup with everything is just so on point. Um, but it's it's a great feeling to sit and sit in the same room with them. Um, you know, when you out having dinner, you can't really have a lot of conversations because everybody want to take pictures, everybody <laughs> want an autograph. You know, but it's exciting to be around. He's he's definitely revved up a lot of good energy. Um, for the state of Mississippi and you know for the city of Jackson for sure.
1: And, and when when the first thing out of your mouth was yeah uh he talks a lot I'm going yeah I would bet money on that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of confidence for sure.
1: <laughs> and I and I want to talk about you know generally speaking women's women's sports you know it kind of takes a bum rap lots of times because there isn't the crowd support generally um the, that men's sports enjoy, but when you look at, for example, Mississippi State's program, it's, that's a tougher ticket. The women's ticket is tougher to get than the men's ticket. So what has to come together for all that to fall into place to have a fan base? It has to be more than just winning, isn't
3: it? Yeah, I, you know, I just think that um, I think our marketing has to increase. Um, I think that we have to get bigger and better sponsorships. Um, and, you know, if you can get that, you can get more, you know, more media attention. Uh, but certainly winning on the level with the universities is important because you want to continue to bring in your, your fan base and keep, the, keep that crowd there. And, you know, one thing that's been really successful for us is being able to play on the same night as our men's basketball team. So, and uh, and that's, that's different for, you know, Conference USA and the SEC because they play on two different schedules. But, you know, you know, some games, you know, you may have to put those games together. Uh, cause I know So the miss. I got our guys game. Oh my goodness. They used to be the stands to be full, right. you know. Um, and then you come back on our days. We had some pretty good games sometimes, um, when we ran very good marketing things. Um, but. You know, I just think the marketing point of it has to get better, and we have to get bigger sponsors to come in and sponsor us to kind of get our name out there and get our product out there for sure. And
1: and for the record, we have always, Coach Reed, on this program, endorsed a women's-men's doubleheader, if for nothing else, than to save on expenses, traveling expenses and hotels and meals and things like that. If the men and women would travel together and knock out the series the same weekend, it seemed to us it would be economically a lot easier for uh, schools who have financial hardships to be able to, to weather that storm.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, with the with the pandemic right now and the hit that the universities are taking, I think that's a great route to take. And I'm telling you, it's exciting. It's exciting for the women's program to come out and play. And then, you know, by second quarter, third quarter, you have a gym full because now they're really packing in. And so now I, the men's teams, the fans, get an opportunity to see what the women's team is doing, and they may want to come back a little bit earlier the next game. But certainly from an economical and a financial standpoint, it, it just it helps. It, it makes sense, especially during a time like this.
1: Final question, Coach Reed, before we let you go. Uh, you're, you're not old by any stretch of the imagination. However, <laughs> social media was not around when you played for the great uh, K. James and, and Coach Reeves. Um, right. And actually, I think, are we going into commercial break here, Michael? We are. Tamika, can you hang on for just a second and let us us finish our conversation on the other side of the commercial break? Because I want to talk to you about recruiting and social media and how that has changed your job and the way that you go about recruiting. We'll talk about that as we continue our discussion with former Lady Eagle Tamika Reed. This is the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Mississippi Network of Stations.
2: Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour,
1: Southernness to the Top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at Campus Bookmark. That's Campus Bookmark with a T. CampusBookmark.net is open online 24-7. And you know, we're just getting ready to turn the calendar to 2021. Thank goodness. And you might not have a birthday coming up, but the fact that we're getting rid of 2020, for me, is a reason to get a gift for everybody you know. And for that Southern Miss fan, uh, Campus Book Mart is the only place to go. You don't even have to ask if they have it because they do. Anything that they can put a Southern Miss logo on, it's there. It's, they're in the big yellow building right across from the main uh, entrance the campus uh, off of Hardy Street, and again twenty four seven at campusbookmart.net. dot net. Continuing our discussion with Jackson State University women's basketball coach Tamika Reed, who um, is uh, we're talking a little bit about a little bit about a lot of things, but one of the things that has has changed over the years, of course, the way that you handle your job is recruiting and the onset of social media, where a lot of former players. Uh, at the pro level or whatever, have said kids these days seem to be more interested in gaining TikTok viewers and Instagram likes than they are about spending time in the gym and getting better. To which you say, what and how has social media affected your recruiting job?
3: Well, I, I think we have geared towards social media a whole lot more uh, because of, you know, our younger. Uh, uh, students who are using social media, but for recruiting purposes, I think it gives us an opportunity to show whatever it is that we want to show and highlight those things. Uh, For me, you know, we try to show our program, a lot about our program. You know, we try to show the different personalities and uh, characteristics of our players, of our assistant coaches, and you get an opportunity to show the personalities of the head coach. Because a lot of times people only see you in your seriousness of coaching, but not your your you know the laughing side, the fun side, and so it gives you an opportunity to show all of those things. And so now recruits can go on social media, and before they step foot on campus, they can already get a feel of you know I, I like this place, you know. And so in recruit uh, social media has helped tremendously.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to throw it to Luke here in a second, but just a quick follow up. But athletes need to understand too; they can get themselves in big trouble before they ever get recruited if the wrong things are showing up on their social media platforms
3: absolutely and we try to talk to our athletes all the time that social media it, it can't be erased you know whatever you put out there it can always be pulled back up and so we, we they have to be cognizant of that and, and make sure that they are putting the right things out there um, I think for the most part as I as a coach over the last three years you could see a lot of those things Those social media accounts of student-athletes kind of going the wrong direction. But now you see them kind of cleaning up a little bit because now coaches are going to social media, watching game film. Um, So you see a lot of athletes now promoting more game film, promoting more positive things. But yeah, you're right. You have to be extremely careful what you put out there because they can tell us a lot about your character as
1: well. Luke Johnson, I know there's a couple of Ole Miss football players that regret putting some things on social media over, yes,
0: over there the are. years. We were, yeah, for real. Coach, we know your time's precious. Just a couple more questions. You've always been known been known as an outstanding recruiter, and this kind of goes back to the marketing question of it. Just looking through your roster, 12 of your 15 ladies on your Jackson State team are from the state of Mississippi how big is that though for the fan base when they can look down the roster and just see Mississippi after the really every player on the roster
3: um I think it's huge you know when I took the job um uh, we didn't have the, the program before me they didn't have many uh, Mississippi players and with me being from Jackson um, I definitely wanted to give our players an opportunity to come here and and do well right here in front of their community. And so that was one of the things that we sold to our recruits here in the state. Come play here. Allow your families to travel here with you. And now you have that built-in support, and, and, our, and our stands are full. And so, you know, it, 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 it says a lot about uh, my staff and myself and wanting to bring in our own Mississippi-grown players. It, it's cost-efficient for us. So now we're not flying all over the country and spending a lot of money staying in hotels to look at players out of state. Um, so, you know, it, it just works from both, both ends for us.
0: Your, uh, your Lady Tigers set to open up uh, SWAC play this weekend. And, Coach, I just want to um, just say you didn't take it easy in the non-conference games. At Mississippi State, at Louisiana Tech, at Ole Miss, you beat <laughs> Nichols on the road. I think your ladies are going to be some road warriors this year.
3: You know, our preseason schedule always toughens us up by our conference schedule. Um, You know, you can look at it in two different ways. Sometimes it can kill your confidence, and sometimes it can help make you better. For us, we take those games and we celebrate the small victories. We look at what we need to do to get better. And we just kind of move from there. And when you can take that route, I think you keep that confidence there with your team. Um, They know going into our first game this weekend, it's not going to be easy because we now have a target on our backs, being a defending flag champion. So, uh, you know, we we know we have to be ready to go. And so I wanted to make sure we were battle-tested early. And uh, we, got a, we got a good test from Mississippi State and Ole Miss for sure. All
1: right, now, Coach Reed, we're going to have a, even more fun. We're going to put Luke Johnson on the spot here. Okay? Because okay. you went to Jackson State from Hines. And and Hines is, is a unique school in the sense that it has two different mascots. Mm-hmm. In football, they are the Eagles. In basketball, they are the Bulldogs.
0: Right. Did you know that, Luke? Anything with the Bulldogs bite, I just don't want to know it. I just no, try no, to move yeah. on with my life. Try to forget the Mississippi
1: State thing for now. But yeah, do, do you the, the story? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Coach Reed. But the Heinz has two different campuses: the one in Raymond and the one in Utica. And the football team plays uses the campus at Raymond as their headquarters, so to speak. So the Raymond campus are known as the Bulldogs. The Utica campus is where the basketball team plays, yes?
3: Right, that's and, correct.
1: Yeah, that's and, correct. and the Utica campus is, uh, is the Bulldogs. So it's, it's very interesting because lots of times broadcasters will make the mistakes of calling the Heinz basketball team the Eagles when in fact they are the Bulldogs.
3: That's right. We, go through it. we went through that a lot. We got that a lot.
1: So, so I just think that's, that's fascinating. And very few people even who have been raised in the state of Mississippi may not even realize that. Um, Yeah, the
3: the campus in Hines, the the Hines campus in Utica, Mississippi, used to be Utica Junior College, and so Hines Community College was in Raymond. Utica Junior College was in Hines, and so when they both um, joined, the Utica alumni base said, "If you're going to take our name, at least allow us to keep our mascot." So that's how that transition happened.
1: The things you learn on this program, to make a read. You know, it's not only to entertain, but we, we aim to educate as well.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. We <laughs> sure do. Coach, uh we really appreciate your time. Good luck to your ladies uh, the rest of the way. Repeat of swag champs and we, we know Southern Miss influenced you all along the way, but man, hold it down there in Jackson. Happy New Year to you.
1: Yeah, and you can thank you so much. You can fly on these trips too, Coach. Just ask Dion for the keys to his jet, man. You know, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> I'm sure he's got his own plane. Just, uh, yeah. just borrow
0: it for it the does. weekend, you know. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Coach. Thanks we appreciate so it. Thank so much
3: for having me. Thank you.
0: That's uh, Tamika Reed, Jackson State women's basketball head coach. Uh, played at Southern Miss under Coach Reeves. And then I, I guess, Kelly, you know, you look at how she was influenced, recruited by Kay James, played for Rick Reeves, coached with Joy Lee McNellis. And she's been a winner everywhere she's gone. And man, how cool is it now at one of uh, the major universities in the state to have a Southern Miss alum as the head coach? And just about every
1: person that's ever played any sport, whether it's male or female, you talk to them about, you know, the coaches that they've played for. And it it seems that one one thread is consistent, that they take a little bit, you know, they take a little bit of this coach and a little bit of that coach and add in a little bit of their own coaching. And that's what they mold and shape themselves, you know, into being the people that were most influential to them when they were younger. And then they fit their own style into that and come up with their own you know, with their own brand or style of coaching. So it's, it's pretty neat. Um, and, and lots of times people who have not been involved in athletics, they don't really understand, you know, the, the camaraderie and how much that means to, to an athlete as they get older, how much their coaches meant to them in their younger years. And there's no more fitting tribute than to be like the coach that you played for or use some of the, some of the techniques and so on that they used
0: they all influence us in one way or the other I can tell you um you know how my high school football coach Mike Taylor and uh how he prepared me to play for Jeff Bower and then just seeing the way that coach Bower dealt with so many things at Southern Miss and and how he you know, he was just a, a, an example to a lot of us in a lot of ways and how that's, you know, influenced my life. And, you know, it's been said plenty of times, a, a coach will impact uh, young people more probably than, than most people uh, in, in their life just because of the hours and because of what type of person they are in their life. And so uh, we appreciate Tamika Reed coming on and uh, her, <laughs> her lady Tigers, the first seven games of the season. Uh, they will have been on the road and, and then play Alcorn at home on January the 9th. And we always are excited when we see these former Southern Miss Golden Eagles uh, doing great things, and uh, particularly in the state of Mississippi. Hey, we're going to step aside on the Eagle Hour. Heath Hinton will come back in uh, with us in the third segment. We'll rehash the Golden Eagles 74-54 victory over Loyola yesterday. Golden Eagles 4-3 and three on the year. Stick around. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation is next on the Eagle Hour.
1: these Massey ratings but we don't have to use them we can I can just leave them here we can use them as something we can use tomorrow or whatever because we only have one who's on tomorrow do we know
0: Southern Miss to the top to the top you're tuned
1: in to the Eagle Hour
0: great talking to Tamika Reed the Jackson State University women head basketball coach coach Dan played at Southern Miss and now leading her Lady Tigers, hopefully to a repeat of the SWAC championship. Appreciate her time on the Eagle Hour. Happy to have you along with us. This is our third segment brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar & Grill. A couple bowl games going on today. Kelly and I will pick those in the next segment, and you can uh, go over there and watch those games at 4th Street Bar and & Grill. And of course, as always, the 895 lunch comes with a drink every single day. Never know who you're going to see when you stop by 4th Street Bar & Grill. Luke, Kelly, and Michael from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and the brick paved streets of beautiful downtown Laurel. Golden Eagles yesterday improved a four and three on the year in a tune up game as they get ready for conference play this weekend. They defeat Loyola of New Orleans 74 to 54. Lots of, uh, storylines going into this game and lots of things happened during the game to talk about here to unpack all of that on the phone with us now. Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation. Heath, um, hope you're having a, a good dead week, we shall call this. Golden Eagles yesterday did what they needed to do, kind of ugly first half shooting-wise from the Golden Eagles, but it seems like when Ladavius Drain started to catch fire, Golden Eagles caught fire and it ended up with a 20-point victory. What was your observations yesterday, Heath? Uh, well,
2: first thing I do want to say, Luke, something you said last segment, can we get the Jones County School Board to name the football field at West Jones after Mike Taylor and Scott Pearson? Can we do something about that? I think there will be a Taylor
0: Stadium and a Pearson Field or vice versa in in the future. I think you're exactly right in that.
2: that. Exactly. From two old former Mustangs, we'd love to see that. Anyway, talking about a Southern Miss game, I mean, I called it Ladner Madness because Luke Ladner plays for Loyola. But really what this game was, the perfect tune-up for UTEP coming in, Southern Miss starting Conference USA play uh, this weekend really what you saw was uh, look, Drain, when he's on, it's like Coach Ladner said in the post-game press conference. He's not going to out-dribble you. He's not going to out-rebound you. He's not going to be more athletic than anybody on the court, but he plays hard and he can shoot the basketball. And when you can set him up and shoot the basketball and he was shooting like he did yesterday, I mean, 1,000 points. I mean, Southern Miss is going to win a lot of games. Now, yeah, Drain's good, but who I've keep being impressed with is the young Jeron Pierre. He only scored 8 points yesterday, but there were times where he made some passes and drove the lane that you just don't you haven't seen that type of smooth play from Southern Miss in a long time.
0: Drain of uh... His the eleventh time in his uh, career that he went over twenty points. A lot of things yesterday. He becomes the thirty eighth player to score a thousand points. Uh, he passed Casey Fisher for most all time uh, three pointers. Yesterday, moved into number two alone, but it was yesterday also, Heath, how many guys played for the Golden Eagles, so basically everybody um, got playing time, but what I love seeing is, uh, let me count on there, nine guys with 15 or more minutes, and Knaucic continues to be, you know, just great off the bench, and I think a guy that maybe Golden Eagle fans really uh, aren't aware of too much, but he's been in the starting lineup most of the year. How big is it that DeniJay Harris is down low getting rebounds? He is like
2: a Dennis Rodman type of player for Southern Miss. He's not going to score a lot of points, but you can stick him on the other team's best offensive player, and he's going to shut him down. He's going to play great defense. One of those type of guys that Southern Miss it, you got to have on every team. You got to have that lockdown defender and a guy that can rebound. A uh, Dennis Rodman type that can uh, play such that's a key player for Southern Miss, you talk about Kanatsek. He's been outstanding. A lot of people don't know he's playing with a. Uh, he had a dislocated kneecap. Didn't have it. Uh, didn't have surgery wow. in off season four. Is going to have to have off season surgery this next off season. Think how good he would be if he doesn't have that injury. Another guy that you saw glimpses of. That is what Coach Ladner calls a three level player. He can score from the inside. He got a mid range shot to score from the outside of the Andre Pickney. You saw him shoot the ball yesterday. Coach Ladner has been excited about him since coming in. Um I, I think this team is rounded in the shape right as conference play starts. And look, if not for, you know, uh, just a Hail Mary shot, this team is this team is five and two right now.
1: So when you look Heath, Heath when you look at some of the other teams in the league Western Kentucky Marshall North Texas UAB and La Tech kind of leading the way um, at least according to the prognosticators what is what's the realistic expectation say the first month of the season now for Southern Miss as they delve into conference play beginning on Friday
2: I think if you're coach Ladner, you're looking to go better than 500 uh, to be honest with you you're probably looking to get a game or two above 500 a team that you're, let me tell you how good a measuring stick this weekend. A lot of people aren't picking UTEP. To me, UTEP is one of the most talented teams in the league this year. They are as good of a basketball team as they are in the conference. A lot of people are sleeping on them, just like I think some people were sleeping on Southern Miss earlier this year. But this game with UTEP, these two games with UTEP this weekend, it's going to be a measuring stick for Southern Miss. If Southern Miss goes in there and does well in these games, I think it's a good sign of things to come for Southern Miss when it comes to basketball. Now, playing back-to-back, how's that going to work? I don't even think any of the coaches know. They're still trying to figure it out, too. So, you know, those back-to-back games, conference games, how is that going to play? And is the depth of Southern Miss going to pay dividends for Southern Miss down the road? Especially in those game twos when there's less than twenty four hour
1: turnaround. Well, I, th- I think it can only be a plus because part of the objective is to get into the into the opponent's legs. You know, and if you can continue to shuffle in fresh legs, um, you know, you're gonna be able to tire some of these guys out. But to put what you were saying into perspective, Heath, the latest the Massey ratings are out and Massey's the Massey ratings have UTEP one hundred and sixtieth in the country. Now you're thinking, wow, that's not very good, but there's three hundred and fifty seven so let's, for the ease of the math, there's 360, all right, Division One yeah. basketball teams. They've got UTEP at 160. They've got Southern Miss at 278. So your point is well taken. I think the thing with UTEP that, that the biggest question mark that nobody's going to be able to answer is the COVID situation in the city of El Paso has been such a dumpster fire over there that none of the athletic teams at UTEP have really been able to... And look, nobody's going to play a violin. Nobody's going to feel sorry for them. But I'm just saying that might be why people are... They're just not sure, you know, like the old Forrest Gump box of chocolates. You're just not sure what you're going to get with this UTEP team.
2: Absolutely. And look, COVID is a thing that's a trump card in all sports this year. Except for except for UCA uh, football when you can only play five season games and still get to the you know, playoff. Ouch. Different story. Ouch. Um, I'm, I'm just calling it out. But, uh, you know, you're right. It's a trump card. It is an absolute trump card in COVID because teams, how are they practice? Usually Southern Miss has played, what right now, seven games? Usually by this time they play 13. Think about that. They played seven less games than before conference play starts and so has all the other teams. Now, throw COVID into that. Now, luckily, Southern Miss, knock on wood, has had a really good handle on the COVID situation. uh, The men's side has, and and they're handling things really well. But how is that going to turn, like, when Southern Miss has to have teams come in? How many teams are going to have to forfeit because two games, because the games are played back-to-back? Is that going to play in Southern Miss' favor? I'm telling you, this season – It's going to be just like everything else is going to be one that everybody's going to watch, and who knows what's going to happen.
1: Well, you only have to play 12 games, according to the NCAA. You only have to play 12 games to be eligible. For postseason well, good Ohio
2: play. State can play ten. That's
1: nice. <laughs> the, ladies and gentlemen, you Ohio State fans, the three of you that might be listening, you can address <laughs> those cards and letters. <laughs> but uh, this, the UTEP Miners um, coming in here, they've they've got some you know re- returning players. And when you look at the the western side of the ledger, um, even though we have said on this program that we don't expect the Eagles to finish dead last like a lot of the preseason polls, but when you've got you know, the western side of the ledger that includes North Texas, UAB, La Tech, and UTEP. You know, it's it's going to be pretty tough sledding any way you look at it.
2: It is, but I think there's a lot more parity in this conference in basketball than, um, than really in any other sport in this conference. I think there's a lot of parity in basketball. Look at a Southern Miss team last year that had seven guys that won three games in a row during a certain part of the season. There's just a lot of parity, and when you get in the conference play, especially on the Western side with the La Tech, North Texas, the UTEP, don't forget about the Rice, UAB, Southern Misses. I mean, it's going to be fun. This Western division is going to be fun. It's going to be a free-for-all. And Look, Southern Miss is going to have to play extremely well to finish 500 or better, but I think you're going to see it this year. I think the depth Southern Miss has. The ability for Coach Ladner to put 10, 11 guys out there, I think that's going to pay in for Southern Miss a lot more than in a normal season, even more because of the playing back to back game.
1: And we've already that said that.
2: That less than 24 hour turnover is going to be tough
1: on the team. And we all know from years past that the only Conference USA team that gets to go to the NCAA tournament anyway will be the tournament champion if there is. A conference USA tournament, and that of course is all predicated on COVID too. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation, thanks, buddy. Always good to talk to you. Happy New Year.
2: Hey, Happy New Year to you guys. Y'all have a wonderful day. I'm off to the mountains. Y'all have a great one.
1: Thanks, buddy. When we on the other side of the commercial break, we'll have our bowl selections for the rest of the week, and more comments about professional athletes and the way they approach their jobs. That's next on the Eagle Hour. Other miss to the
2: top.
0: Thanks to Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. You can go subscribe today. Lots of good inside information. A big gold nation, and we appreciate our buddy Heath Hinton making his weekly appearance. Patrick McGee on tomorrow, and we will look at some of the biggest stories of the year for Southern Miss, uh, so the professor on tomorrow will be our last show of the week as New Year's uh, Eve and New Year's Day will have a best of uh, Will Hall interview and a Scott Berry interview, so that's uh, what it's going to look like the rest of the week. four segment brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg at Highway 98 in Hattiesburg and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Uh, a couple games today, some footballs going to take place uh, 4.30 and 8 o'clock tonight. 4.30 in the Cheez-It Bowl, 21-ranked uh, Oklahoma State against the Hurricanes of Miami, 18 overall. Uh, Oklahoma State, one-point favorite, uh, Kelly. This is from the Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Who you got? I love that, the Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah,
1: why don't both of you teams just cheese it? Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys.
0: I'm going with the mullet also, Okay. although I do like Rhett Lashley, and I kind of like this version of Miami, but I'll, I'll go with the mullet, uh, and, and I'll take the Cowboys. 8 o'clock tonight, the Valero Alamo Bowl. Seems like Texas has played in this uh, bowl like 15 years in a row since they won the national championship. Texas 20 uh, in the nation. Colorado 4-1. and one. Texas a 7.5-point favorite.
1: Yeah, I mean, Texas better win this game because, I mean, Tom Herman has already been in a lot of trouble I, I, I love it. When any team loses to Iowa State, their coach is all automatically on the hot seat. So Texas better win, and the Horns will win in San Antonio. Uh,
0: a, a sound clip that you wanted to play, we've been talking this week just a little bit about, you know, some reaction and Dwayne Haskins let go um, by the Redskins. And this is what Booger McFarland had to say. You wanted our listeners to hear this. So here's Booger last night on Monday night.
4: They make up 70% of this league. They come into this league and they ask themselves the wrong thing. They come into the league saying not, how can I be a better player? They don't say, how can I be a better teammate? They don't say, how can I be better, a better person? How can I get my organization over the hump? Here's what they come in saying. They come in saying, how can I build my brand better? How can I build my social media following better? How can I work out on Instagram and show everybody that I'm ready to go, but when I get to the game, I don't perform. Dwayne Haskins, unfortunately, is not the first case that I've seen like this. Yes. It's, and, and it won't be the last. And it, it bothers me because a lot of it is the young African-American player. They come in and they don't take this as a business. It is still a game to them. Look at this. It's football. It, this ain't football, right. man. This is a billion-dollar business. Yes. It's billions of dollars. They pay us a lot of money to talk about the game. So imagine what they pay these guys to, to play. play the game. Yes. Yes.
0: And Kelly, you know, he, he's right on that. I can remember when I was playing, when I went through rookie camp with the Detroit Lions, and, you know, there was a couple of times the coach came up to me, and he, he said something to me, my special teams coach, Chuck Preefer and, and, uh, you know, reiterating, hey, this is a business, dude. This isn't just a game anymore. You know, this isn't just for fun anymore. There's a lot on the line, and I, I think sometimes, as Booger said, these guys uh, forget that. And I think it's the st- systemic and representative of all just societies, not one particular group of society or group of player. I think a lot of people forget that as they come into the NFL. Yeah,
1: he he, he kind of jumped on the uh, African-American players there, but, but for sure, it's, it's a generational thing. And, again, we're, you're painting with a broad brush. Not all the guys are like that, you know. But but it is when when it comes up in discussion two or three times during the same week and the guys bringing it up are players who played at a very high level, it's a problem. You know, to those of us that just casually watch it, you know, we have our fantasy football leagues or whatever, we're not in the know like these other guys. But when But when the old hands you know, start bringing it up, then then it is a problem. So I'm glad that, but it's a problem that's going to have to be solved from within, and some of these guys mentoring these younger players. And so hopefully, you know, that message, you know, will come through. So uh, good poignant words there from uh, from Booger McFarland. Hey, we want to give a special shout-out today to Dean Bertram, who's a former forensic science professor at at Southern Miss. Uh, actually, I was at a breakfast appointment this morning, and, and he stopped and, Shook my hand and said that he watched, listens to the Eagle Hour every single day. Loves it. Uh, he says it's obvious that you guys have a, a love and a passion for the university, but aren't afraid to hold the university's feet to the fire when necessary. Um, and I just I thought he couldn't have said it any better. And that's that's our goal for this show. So thank you for the very kind words, Dean Bertram, and thank you for listening, Luke.
0: Joe Henderson stopped by from Pedal yesterday and had opportunity to meet him and, and right when the show was being wrapped up he listens to the show all the time and has a a great collection of, of Southern Miss stuff tell me yesterday he just acquired in an estate sale the soccer coach uh, the jacket from the soccer coach from Southern Miss from the mid 80s and he had um, sewn on the inside SEC champs because every SEC team they played that year in soccer they, they rolled so it was great to meet Mr. Joe Henderson and yeah if you ever see us around we're, we're not celebrities we're just dudes that like Southern Miss and Bob might consider himself one but man stop by and uh, we, we know there's COVID stuff or just knock on the, the window and wave at us when, when we're on air Would love for each and every one of you uh, to know that we appreciate uh, you make the show possible and you make the Eagle Hour what it is and we appreciate covering our Southern Miss Golden Eagles that's going to wrap it up for today Patrick McGee on tomorrow uh, we'll look at some of the biggest news stories of the year for Southern Miss and uh, get ready for a, a brand new year from Michael Morgan's Kelly Center Luke Johnson same time tomorrow we appreciate you listening to us and as always Southern Miss to, to the, the top,
1: top. Seven, seven into the future I
2: wanna